Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the show. Today, I'm joined by a guest by the name of Jamie Totino. Now, he was a tradie turned award-winning entrepreneur. He's also the director of a brand new business which we'll talk about today called Brush by the Vines. He's a podcast host. He's had me on his show before. He's also a published author of an incredible book called Be Great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So a big welcome to our guest, Jamie Totino. Jamie, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, I feel, feel good to be here. Thanks, man. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, mate, there's so much we can we can unpack. But the first thing that I wanted to to ask you is obviously going off the name of your book and, and a lot of the stuff that you talk about and the message that you kind of relay to your audience. Like what's your definition of great and how do you think um, how do you think it's best for somebody to interpret their own definition of great? Straight in with the big questions, huh? Straight yeah, man. That's what I do. I like it. Uh, look, I, I think greatness in my opinion is achieved by continuously being great uh like every day doing like consistently doing a level of greatness in whatever it is that you do um and then over time you get the title of greatness uh, i don't think you just wake up and you've been doing mediocre and then you're great you mm. know what i mean yeah uh, yeah for sure over a consistent period of time uh that you sort of achieve that level of greatness uh and again there's when we think of greatness we think of michael jordan's and Michael Jackson's and the people like that. But in our own worlds, everyday people are greatness in their own way. Um, and everyone plays a role in achieving that. Yeah, 100%. Like I can think of so many people um, that I've kind of come across in my life that would never get recognized for it, but are just extremely great. Um, how, do you, how do you go from, uh, from a tradie to, to winning awards as an entrepreneur? Like what does that pathway look like for you? And what was the... I'm not going to say the aha moment because that gets thrown around a bit, but what was the uh, what was that what was that thing that kind of just drove you to to kind of change career paths and do something that uh, was going to serve serve other people and serve the purpose that you kind of really wanted to serve in the first place? I think growing up, my parents always had businesses, um, so being around from very young age around business was sort of not foreign; like it was always going to be that way. Uh, when I started construction at the age of 17, I remember when I started, there was this guy I was working with was about 65, 66. And I was looking at him like, man, like you're 65, 66 years old. Like, what are you doing here? Why are you still working? He ended up retiring at the age of like 72, right? And I learned a lot from him like in construction, but I also learned that I don't want to be 72 when I have to retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he just loved work. Like he was an old guy, just loved work. He probably didn't know anything else. So for me, I always knew that I always had like that knowledge of business and saw my parents doing it and family doing it. Uh, and then I knew I didn't want to be 72 and have to still be a tradie and waking up catching the trains. So I was like, well, at some stage, I'm going to have to dive into this whole business thing. 
and I did transition at the same. It was like still working full time. Yeah. Um, and I did the whole network marketing thing for like two or three years, uh, and then gave that away. That and that was the that was the initial business. Yeah, that, that was like my construction. First, yeah, that was like my first taste of business. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. Like met people that I'm still friends with now, mm-hmm. and that sort of gave me the platform to build on. Uh, but then from there, I think I sort of said, well, I want to do things my way. I was a bit more of like that creative type. Um, yeah. And yeah, while still working in construction, I then launched my first business, which was real food vending, um, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had two ideas and the other one was like a waterless car wash. So we started importing waterless uh, car wash products from Italy into Australia. And we still do that now. I do it with my dad and we still sell those products, uh, which is really good. Uh, but that was my transition. It took a year and a half, man. A year yeah. and a half working full time and having real food vending on the side to then transition full time into real food vending. So it wasn't an overnight thing, that's for sure. Yeah. There's a couple of things there. So firstly, um, let's touch on that. So for for those that are tuning in who, you know, hear the message over and over again, follow your passion, do what you're passionate about, you know, don't work a job that you don't enjoy if you don't like it or totally. you know, the best work you're going to do is something that you love. It's not as simple as having a secure job and just saying, fuck it, I'm out, catch you guys. Um, I'm going to go and start this business and then live off nothing for 12 to 18, you know, longer, like two, three years, whatever it may be, until you start making some money. So is that, is that your advice? Is it to start a little bit of a side hustle, build it up until it gets to a point where you are able to cut back on your initial work and then slowly transition? And I think the other part of it as well is that a lot of people think you know, they may be passionate about something and they go, I'd love to work in this field. But once you start in it, people kind of realize a little bit too late that it's not actually all it was hyped up to be. It wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Totally. But like even on the back of that, like entrepreneurship, like businesses and stuff, like it isn't for everyone. Like it's hard, mm. man. Like you know yeah. all about it. It's not as glamorous as what Instagram makes it out to be. You know? I think it's uh, obviously this is on a larger scale, but guys like Gary Vee always mentions, you know, if some people... Uh, you know, the like this is a big fucking comparison, but like the fifth person at Facebook is making fucking ten times more than most entrepreneurs um in the world and they're they're happy to turn up, do their shit and take off, but they're still that's like that that's what they are genetically made to do. Like that they're they're better off being the fifth person instead of being the big dog that makes all the decisions and has all that stress on on their shoulders all the time. Totally. Yeah. Like I said, it's definitely not for everyone and it, you know, the only way to really realize that is to sort of do it and then realize, shit, this isn't for me. Um, and I guess that's where you really have to drop your ego uh, and think, oh, hey, I'm going to do business and you do something, whatever it might look like. And if it's not working and it's not what it's meant to be, um, then there's no use doing something that you don't really want to do or be mm. owning a business. Shit. You know? yeah. Going back to your first question of, you know, should someone quit straight up or should they transition? It's hard, man. Like, some people like need to bite the bullet and put themselves in the deep end and like quit and make it work because that's what's going to drive them. Mm-hmm. Some people have the drive naturally to do both at the same time. You know, I've worked with people and seen people who have quit on nothing and they said, and they haven't even pre-started. Like they quit today and tomorrow they start a new business. It's like, that's ballsy. Like it's, it's risky. Yeah. But it's worked for them because they've needed that no plan B, no safety net to push them to make sure plan A works. Yeah, sometimes you need to have serious skin in the game to, to go Absolutely. all in um, and get rid of that safety net, which is what holds a lot of people back is knowing that, you know, I don't need to go all in this week because I've got, you know, so-and-so. If I, if, even if, yeah, exactly right. Um, totally. totally. What, you know, thinking back to when you're in, how long were you in construction? Not long or? 
11 years. You're in construction for 11 years. Okay, so you're in construction for a while then. So what did you, were you using like, you know, obviously now you're, you're running businesses, you're, you're leading people, you are, um, you've got all these characteristics that people look up to and, and want to, to learn and using their own business in their own life. Were you using any of these while you're in construction or do you look back now and go, fuck, I was literally just turning up, doing my thing and taking off and not utilizing any of these skills that I now coach and use in, on a day-to-day basis? Or on the other hand, were you, were you trying to do it? Or you just, it just took you so long to realize that it wasn't the right environment to do it. No, 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 definitely. I left school year 11, didn't finish year 12, um, went straight into construction, did my apprenticeship. I was fully qualified by the age of 21 uh, as a chippy. And I didn't like, use any business i wasn't selling anything i wasn't like you don't sell anything like you just turn up and do your work and go home you know it was a little bit of leadership involved but i wasn't thinking like oh this is great leadership content i'll go and use it on the construction side yeah Um, yeah yeah it was was just a yeah like you said i went to work at 7 a.m left at 5 30 hit the gym went to bed did the same thing the next day for 10 years 11 years you know Mm. Um, so it was, it was honestly, I think that was the blessing for me. So I sort of started businesses as a blank canvas. I didn't think I knew how to sell or how to lead or how to build anything and then try to learn a new way. Like I actually went and I was fresh. I was like, whatever I learned, I implemented and it got me results. Well, you know, it, there's a big difference between working in construction and say network marketing or, or we're moving oh, into totally. entrepreneurship. So what was the, what was the catalyst? Was it, people that you were following on social media is it, I know you mentioned that your parents both had businesses, but was there a book? Was there a movie? Was there a podcast? Was it a, a seminar? What, like, was there something in particular that you kind of think back on and go, I think that maybe what really pushed me to, to go down the path. I honestly think after school, after you sort of read those Specky McGee's and the, you know, the stuff in school. Um, the next book after that, that I, I read was Robin Sharma, leader who had no title. And I think that was like the thing of maybe I can do more than just be a tradie. Uh-huh. Um, Cause my whole family had been cousins, uncles, everyone's trade. Uh, and I think I was very, very, very awfully naive. Just thought that, how hard could it be? Get a couple of vending machines, put some healthy alternatives in there, call a few people, deliver them. It'll be all good. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I honestly didn't overthink it, man. I just sort of said, Hey, I called three vending suppliers. All three didn't answer. Only one called me back. I ended up buying my vending machines from them. I called all these different food suppliers. A lot of them answered. A lot of them didn't answer. Whoever didn't answer, called me back. And if I did a deal, I got the food. Like I didn't, over like to get my first location into triple m in melbourne on clarendon street there like i rang like 110 times to get the the right person's name yeah i just had to keep ringing and keep ringing and then when i got the mm. meeting like after that many times i walked in there, it was a five minute meeting she's like cool well you've rang enough we know what you do we've sent, checked out your website let's do it let's get one delivered so we and then that's how it started like I, I had no i don't want to say i was fearless but i i had no other had nothing else to measure it against. So I almost had nowhere to create fear because I didn't know yeah. what it felt like to do a cold call and get rich. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that served me so well is that I, yeah, I was just naive. I just threw myself into it and I said, let's do it. Let's call who I need to call. Let's do it like this. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, it's funny that you say that because I, I think about this a little bit and you look at people who are starting businesses now or those in entrepreneurship or those that think of an idea 
And it's the opposite now. It's like people watch and read that much content that they think they have the fucking blueprint already, right? And then when it doesn't exactly go as what they thought it was going to go, or it doesn't go the way that their the online course that they just took told them it should go, then it's like, what the fuck? It's like it's, yeah, it's like everything goes out the window, or, or like there's that much expectation. And it's like expectation and entitlement. I think it is. People expect shit to happen for them because they're totally. doing the work, whatever. But you, you, you got to understand it. That, like it doesn't always happen that way, and for a lot of, a lot of the time, it won't. Totally. Um, like the first thing you do, it's like going to. Well, you think about it. How many every second day Facebook and Instagram's updating? Just when you think you've got the the algorithm sorted out, or just when mm. you think you've got the right ad, mm. it changes. Changes. Just when yeah. you think you've you know you nailed it. Someone else down the road is doing the same offer as you, so you're gonna shit. I've got to change my offer now. Change it up, yeah, yeah. You think you've got something special? Someone else is doing something almost the same. Like shit, now I've got to change it. Yeah. So you know, even with our new business, like we launched the website and it looks nothing like the website launched, like it is now. Completely mm-hmm. different. And that's the uh, that's the brush by brush by the vines. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we we build that website. Like I said to him, he goes, "Oh, you guys like takes two to three months to build a website." I was like, "Man, you have four weeks to build a website." I'm like, "I don't care if it's like not a hundred percent, but we're gonna get bookings with an eighty percent website. Mm. We can start." And then we like now it looks completely different. But we yeah. had to launch because if we didn't, then we wouldn't even be where we are now because we're still trying to figure out what the perfect website needs to be. Yeah, and I've used this this example a million times on the podcast, but the podcast itself was that was exactly that. It was uh, a bunch of contemplation. Then it was like, "Fuck this! I've got to do it today." Read read a blog online, step by step, how to start a podcast and submit to iTunes. By the end of that day, I'd recorded three horrendous episodes, submitted it to <laughs> iTunes, and then followed by another seventeen horrendous episodes. And but if if I was still doing all these courses on how to run a perfect podcast, or if I was still trying to perfect my interview skills and all this type of shit, I probably wouldn't have even started yet. Yeah. You could be watching you know, now, we're, now. Yeah. And now we're at like, you know, 300 plus episodes and it's all because of just kind of jumping straight in the deep end. Absolutely. You, you know, touching on the brush by the vines, what, what was the, the, I guess the motivation to start that? Um, how, like, how is it going? And has there been like certain things that you've taken from you know your other businesses that you were able to really utilize in starting this um and kind of i guess sidestep a lot of the, the fuck-ups that potentially could have been made if this was the first time you'd, you'd started a business yeah so i guess with brush by the vines it was a again a little bit of a naive sort of thing jumping into it uh late last year me and my partner and her sister experienced the whole paint and sip thing uh and that was on a friday night then by sunday night me, my partner and my sister had said, we're going to do it. Uh, at that time, I had just sold the vending machine. So because of COVID, it really put a massive in, impact on the business. No one was in the city. Everyone was at home. So sales went from like dropped 90%, mm-hmm. yep. if not more. So I had to make a call. As, and if, you know what, man? Honestly, like at the time, it was hard. But right now, like as I sit right here right now, I'm so grateful I did it because the city is still at like 30% occupancy. So it... To be in the same position, cut your losses nice and early, or well, not losses, 100%. but like you got out at the right time. If you had a hung on and just hope yeah. for the best, it would have just gotten worse, yeah. And, and it hurt, like obviously, it hurt. So, you had to send, like you said, you got to cut it, but I'm glad I did. Uh, so just before that, I had sold all the vending machines, uh, sold that all off, and then we're like, shit, let's do this thing. You know, my partner's an awesome artist, my sister's incredible at social media. I said, hey, I've got some business experience, you're a great artist. As to my partner, I said, my sister, you know how to do social media. I said, let's have some fun, let's do this thing. So that was the start of December. By the end of the Christmas time, we had raised all the capital. We got investors. 
we had found the location, we had our name, we had product, we had everything. Um, and we opened on, we pretty much got the keys on Feb 1st. Yep. We had our opening night on Feb 14. It all happened pretty quick, man. It all moved pretty quick. Um, and honestly, it's, it's incredible. The, the experiences we've had, the people that have come through here, um, what we've learned, huge learnings compared to the other businesses into this business, completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and COVID's thrown a, a spanner in the works. You know, we had so many people telling us, don't do it, don't do it. It's going to be hard. It's not the right time to start a new business. At the same time, in my head, I was like, while everyone's not starting a business and not putting themselves out there, I said, we need to be the ones that do because then we're going to have like the whole market to ourselves. Yeah, for sure. You said you got, you got investors. Was that, um, you know, how do you approach that? And, and then in terms of selecting the type of people that you reach out to, is it someone that you think would be interested in the business or is it more so financially someone that you think would understand that it's going to make sense? Both more because we had like we had an artist we had social media and my business sort of skills we weren't really looking for someone that had something that we didn't have and did, that could bring something to the table yeah yeah it was more from the finance side but we're like hey, yeah. cool you know does where who the people we're bringing in do they have the funds that we need mm-hmm. but we also wanted like really good people because like tonight we got our, in, our investor meeting but i want people that i can hang out with you know i want to yeah. have investors and people that i can be friends with you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that pretty quickly and got all them on board and they were all, all in and they're getting great results and they're over the moon with how it's all going, you know? Fantastic. Um, so it's actually worked out really well. On the, on the other side of, um, you know, your business ventures, like what, what, is, what is the impact that you're hoping to have? Like, obviously I know you do a lot like the mentoring program and things like that. So what's the, what's the, what's the pathway of that? What's like the end result that you're hoping for when someone comes to work with you and then also, um, I guess longer term, what are you hoping to to do with that side of things? I really initially got into the whole coaching world, um, sort of a little bit, sounds a little cliches, but a little bit by accident. Sort of just opportunity was there. I did a did a course, learned a couple of things, and you know just promoted a little. We had a client yeah. here or there, and it sort of built from there. Ultimately, I think now, you know, I think when you're in high school and, and you know, young kids come out of school or guys or girls, or whatever, and you're 18, like, you don't know what you, like, some people know what they want to do. I thought I wanted to be mm. a tradie forever. Yeah. You know, and, and some people go to uni, some people go and trade, some people do whatever. Well, like you said earlier, follow the passion. But as you get a bit older, things change. You're like, you're, you're mid 20s, like, oh, maybe I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm interested in something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it happens. But I honestly think that sometimes you're so, again, bit of the ego thing kicks in that people are just so caught up and I have to do this. I have to do this. I've said, I'm going to do this and I have to stay here mm-hmm. that they can't explore something. And they really want to go and do the online clothing brand or they only want to go and do the importing something from China and do the whole e-com thing and try something different. Yeah. Yep. But then they're sort of scared to do it. So my sort of thing is I want to help. I want to, I, I will spend a lot of time working with people that are transitioning from either a full-time job or from one brand to another brand, from one business to another business. Um, and I honestly love working with younger people because I find that they probably need the most support. Yep. You know, um, and when they get those results, it's incredible because no one in their life most of the time is supporting them and saying, Hey, yeah, go, go and follow that dream of opening your own clothing brand. Yeah. Or go and follow yeah, that yeah. dream of whatever, you know, starting a podcast, whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know, so having the opportunity to work with them and cause I got to do that, man, I was quit trading and got to start my own business and now I get to live life on my terms, so to say. Mm-hmm. If I was able to do it and I get to see the benefits of it and how amazing it is, yeah, 
I'd be stupid and silly to not help others do that. Mm. You know, um, so that's sort of the, the path and the space that I like to work in. What's a what, what's something that you that you do on a daily basis that you know? Obviously, we always talk about, um, especially in entrepreneurship now as well. People talk about following passion, do what you love, don't do what you don't like to do, blah blah blah. But in the end of the day, it's necessary to do certain things that you don't want to do on a daily basis if you want to be genuinely successful, and that's just how it is. Um, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing worth having comes easy. Very cliche saying, but it's like going to the gym. If you don't provide your body with a stimulus to grow and to change, it won't. You need to give your body a reason to change, and that's usually, or ninety nine hundred percent of the time, actually, outside of your comfort zone. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. So, what's totally. something that that you do on a daily basis, or maybe a weekly basis, that you genuinely just don't enjoy, um, but you do it uh, every single day or every single week because you know it's going to be helping produce the results? This is probably something that I've started to do probably like the last maybe two or three years. Um, and it's not like something ridiculously crazy. Like I do the whole cold showers thing. I've been doing that for a while, sort of cycle in and out. Like I'm not going to say I do it every morning because that would be a lie. Yeah. Uh, but I try to do it at least two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, like, so I used to play footy, did the hot, and then I went into bodybuilding. So I used, to, I used to eat a lot. Then I started intermittent fasting. Probably even like this last two weeks, I've only been eating at night so dinner okay. no breakfast no lunch and that's hard for me because yep. being italian like i eat and mm-hmm. i like to eat yeah yeah and to not like all day i'm thinking and but i know because honestly like when i do it i my perform like i haven't eaten all day today so far yeah but i'm focused as i need to be like all i've drank is water um like that's it black mm-hmm. coffee this morning done mm-hmm. But I'm, that is so hard for me. And it's well out of my comfort zone because it's like I'm looking at food all day. Like there's food there. Like it's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well out of my comfort zone, you know? Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of that, every morning I like to go for some sort of exercise. And at least once once a week, I will out, like I'll set some crazy thing of like, I'm going to run further. I'm going to do more than what I've done all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So most mornings I'll go for a jog, kick the footy around, play around. About half an hour out, they do heaps of stretches really early, get the cold air in. But then some mornings, it's like no footy, no mucking around. It's like straight out the door, and I'm just going to run for as fast as I can for like three Ks, like almost like a three K sprint. Yep, yep, yep. Until I start to just deteriorate and slow down, then I'll yep. turn around and jog back. Yeah, cool. But I try and do random things like that just to shock the body a bit mm-hmm. uh, and make me realize, shit, why am I doing this shit? You know, um, yeah. that's cool. What, uh, what was the what was the driving factor behind writing the book, um, Be Great? So where, where did that idea start? And then kind of talk us through the process a little bit. You know, I've had um, a number of guests on the show that have written books before. I had a really good chat um, you know, during COVID with uh, Sarah Holloway, which is Sarah Davidson now, um, yes. yeah. about the process of her writing her book, Seize the A. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's intriguing because, you know, at some point I would like to do something like that. So I'd love to find out kind of what, what, how you found the experience and then also what it looked like for you. Totally. It was how I found the experience was absolutely incredible. Um, it was funny. Like, honestly, I would write it in, in, in night. So I would work during the day, do the normal thing. And I would, I would write mm-hmm. at night and I, I, I couldn't stop writing. It was one sign you what I wanted to write about. Like I spent the first week mapping out like content. I'm going to try and speak about this, put some content about this and it's going to be in this sort of order, but nothing was set yeah. in stone. But then when I started writing, I'd spend three or four hours a night just typing away. You know, um, yeah, and yeah. It, it all sort of started during COVID when it all slowed down a bit. You know, mm-hmm. not, not as much traveling, business slowed down. I've got a bit more time on my sleeve, and I just had this content. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna 
just write a book. I didn't tell anyone. I said, I'll, I'll tell it to myself. And then I started writing. I was like, shit, like, this is all right. Like, and I'm enjoying it. Maybe I need to get an editor to start looking at it. Yeah. And I got an editor to start looking at it. And like, I guess, well, this is good. I can work with you. We can, we can go back and forth. Give us five weeks. We can do it. And I'm like, shit, this thing's real, you know? Awesome. And then it sort of, and then it sort of just picked up from there. I got a graphic designer in, start designing the graphics, start designing the book. And then within about six weeks, the book went from me starting to write to being finished, then getting all the printing done and all the other side of it that I had no idea about, but now I do know about. Um, what, uh, what, what is the other yeah, side of it? Yeah. So, so let's say you finish up, um, you're happy with, with the content that you've written in there. It's been edited, the wording of it and everything is, is how you want it to be. What's the process from there? Like, are you reaching out to, like, how, how, does, that, how does that process work? Totally. So I did self-published. So I self-published my book. Yeah. Uh, if you go to a publisher, like they take a huge percentage of commissions and you're on a wait list for like three years before your book even gets published. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I self-published. Anyone can self-publish. You can do it right now. Yeah. Um, there's heaps of platforms online. I use one online where you load your book uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's one company, they're global. So they've got printing houses all over the world. Cool, cool. Uh, so if someone wants to book it online, it automatically goes on Amazon, Booktopia, blah, 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 all that. When someone orders, they shop shipping. They print it, they pack it, send it out to Danny in Australia. Nice. Send it out to XYZ person in Italy, in America, whatever. Yep. Uh, but then I wanted to also have my own website so that I could because then they take a big commission of that. So I was like, well, if there's anyone in Australia, I can send it to them for cheaper. But then from a business perspective, I can make more margin on it because there's no middleman anymore. Yep. You know, so I started doing a bit of that. Uh, and then you've got to start looking at all the bookstores and getting featured and getting interviews and getting on TV and getting magazines and getting the book out there, basically. Yeah, cool. You know, um, and that was another whole experience. Like I've never had to sell me as a book before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's how, what information does the bookstore want? How do they want it presented? How much information do they want? How much money do they want to make? How many mm-hmm. books will they buy? Will they do it on consignment or not? You know, negotiation there was a whole different world. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to have a chat with you um, off, uh, off the podcast about it at some point and we can, we can have a, have a detailed chat about it. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned before, you know, you get up and do walk in the morning. Um, something that I ask most people that come on the show is whether or not they have a, a, a daily routine or a morning routine. Are you, you meditate, do you do journaling and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and then the other, the other part of that, which is a little bit separate, I guess, but is there someone that you kind of continue to go back to now in regards to their content inspires you or their message or their, um, you know, their habits or something that you like to align yourself with? Definitely. Uh, so yeah, definitely have a, a morning routine. My day is pretty structured. I'm very, you know, uh, Google calendar apps to, to yep. track task management apps and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely morning routine. I'm up, uh, have my black coffee, do some stretches at home then get changed, go for some sort of exercise. I used to hit the gym all the time, but honestly now I haven't hit the gym in you know, a very long time. At mm-hmm. my partner's place, she's got a gym in her comp- you know, complex. Yep. And um, I might do a couple of you know, sessions here, there, whenever I feel like it. But I've honestly been enjoying being out and about running, exercising, yep. stretching out at the park, stuff like that. About half an hour's worth. Yeah, Come cool. back, definitely. And then I hit the foam roller uh, and I'll, I'll meditate during that time. I'll play some, you know, at the moment, I'm really loving the Gladiator theme. It's called okay. The Battle. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and it's about a six-minute song. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's like ups and downs. It's all instrumental, so there's no, there's no, there's no vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's ups and downs, and I swear it's incredible. I've, I meditate to that, and the visualization crazy uh, during that. And then I'll just sit there again, just doing heaps of stretches. Okay, for me, I've realized when I was a tradie, never had back pain, never had knee pain, never mm-hmm. nothing. 
as soon as I stopped being a trader and started sitting down all the time, yeah, um, I feel like that's I'm when all the problems happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm very mindful. I need to stretch a lot more than I ever used to. Um, work on the mobility and the, and the flexibility. So I'll do a lot of that. Uh, and then I pretty much just shower straight out into the day. Um, in regards to who I'm following and who I try and get a lot of content from, I used to follow Greg Plitt a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still listen to his audios like every morning, most mornings. Okay, yeah. Yeah, man. Watch his content online. And honestly, I, I've, I learned to drop the ego and I'll learn off anyone and, and everyone mm. like, I'll watch your story in the morning and even the other morning when you're talking about like the hips, opening up yep. the hips and your glutes. Yep. This morning, bang, putting them in place. Yep. None of my other mates who's a PT, my boy, this is a good way to stretch your back. So I'll do it. Yeah. I, yeah, don't, yeah. Have, I don't care if you've got one follower or a million followers. Like, if there's something you can take something value, away from everyone. Yeah. 100%. If there's something of value that I can get a little bit better at, I'll do it. I'm looking for little hacks all the time. How can I just be 1% better every day? Yeah. Um, and that's what I do, man. And that's what I do. Like, I don't follow any one person religiously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to learn from everyone, to be honest. Awesome, bro. Look, man, before we, before we wrap it up, is there, what's something that you've, you've learned like over your years um, in the world of business and entrepreneurship? It may have been early on. It may have been recently. It could have been anywhere along that pathway. But it, you think it's been detrimental to, to kind of push, like kind of really skyrocketing the trajectory of, of where your kind of business and your career is going that held you back for a long period of time that you, you would think that someone that listening right now could really benefit from hearing it way earlier than what you did. Mm. Mm. As a couple, if I try and bring it down to one, I give you like one and a half. It's, it, it always absolutely comes back to the people you're around. Like it really does. Um, Product of your environment. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and, and pushing the boundaries of like during COVID, I spent a lot of time because everyone was online and mm -hmm. it was easier to just jump on a Zoom call and have a chat to someone on the other side of the world or someone that you never would have really had the chance to get a coffee with because they're always busy. Definitely, yeah. Like I did a lot of that during COVID and built my network with people that were well above where I was. Like not even 10 gaps between, a million gaps between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But just to, like you said, your environment of, your, your product of your environment. Like for me, I was like, that's where I want to be. So if you can get out to new groups, new people, learn new things. I read this one quote once and I, and I remember this was a big thing to me. It was like, I, the quote was, I used to think it was cool to make 10 grand a month until I started hanging out with people who make a hundred grand a month. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's all that, it's that self-limiting belief, isn't it? But it's also 100%. like, um, yeah, product of your environment and, yeah. and seeing firsthand that it can be done and that there's nothing exactly that's right. like, nothing that's a secret that other people are doing to achieve these things it's just it's the process it's a, it's about totally. actually believing that you can do it it's um totally. yeah yeah and, then, and there might be a couple little hacks along the way that as mm. you get a bit bigger you can shortcut some mm. time because you you've got this and this and this yeah you know but ultimately there's a few key ingredients foundational ingredients doesn't matter who you are what you do male female doesn't matter what side of the world you're from it's going to come down to four or five key ingredients that everyone will do you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I definitely think it's the people that you're around. I definitely think that's, yeah. If you can get around the right people and push that boundary a bit more mm -hmm. of, and be the, don't be the smartest in the room. We've all heard that one. Don't be yeah, the smartest yeah, yeah. in the room. Be like yeah. the, be nervous to hang out, man. Like be nervous to be like, shit, I'm going to, can't believe I'm going to get a coffee with this person. Shit. Yeah. 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 I love that. 
Jamie, thanks, thanks for joining us, man. It's been enjoyable. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Um, and, uh, and I'll have all the links to your socials and website and, and so people can access the book and stuff in the show notes below. Um, but again, man, thank you so much for tuning in to everyone that has listened or watched this episode. Um, we would love for you to, to post a screenshot in your story for us, tag us both. We'd love to get your feedback. Uh, make sure you go and give Jamie a follower and, um, and follow along with, uh, with his story. And, um, again, man, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.